Throughout this podcast, there'll be swearing and adult themes that some people may find offensive. Small trigger warning for this episode, there is discussion of child abuse. Hello and welcome to It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You with La La La, Let Me Explain. And this is my brand new podcast, which is coming to you in your ears on a Monday, Wednesday and a Friday. On Mondays, we'll be tackling hot topics. On Wednesdays, I'll be stepping into agony aunt mode and answering listeners' questions. And on a Friday, we're going to make my Instagram come alive in audio form with lots of different features like dating dilemmas, fuckboy replies, is this a red flag all sorts of stuff to get you ready for the weekend ahead and the reason that I'm doing this is because I'm qualified to do it I'm a social worker with over a decade experience in child protection I'm a qualified sexual health and relationships educator I'm an agony aunt for OK magazine and I'm a Sunday Times best-selling author of the dating guide block delete move on so I've got lots of knowledge both professional and personal that will help me to really give you the best advice on anything you want to know about. All right, so today we are covering a very contentious issue at the moment, which is the topic of sex education in schools. You send your kids off to school hoping that they're going to learn about Pythagoras rule and then you see a headline that says 12-year-olds are being taught about anal sex in school while nine-year-olds are told to masturbate for homework. The shocking lesson plans used by teachers in UK classrooms. This was a real Daily Mail headline and it's caused such concern that it's now being spoken about in Parliament. Here's MP Miriam Cates expressing her concerns. Graphic lessons on oral sex, how to choke your partner safely and 72 genders. This is what passes for relationships and sex education in British schools. Across the country, children are being subjected to lessons that are age-inappropriate, extreme, sexualising and inaccurate often using resources from unregulated organisations that are actively campaigning to undermine parents. This is not a victory for equality, it is a catastrophe for childhood. Obviously, I couldn't disagree more with her. I don't think it's a catastrophe for our childhood. But the hysterical headlines have made many people think that it is to the point that teachers who are supporting comprehensive sex education are being labelled paedophiles and groomers. And I even faced a lot of backlash when I did a story thread all about it on my Instagram, which you can have a look at in my sex education highlights. People online were accusing me of promoting a paedophile agenda and being a groomer myself because I support sex education. So it's actually scary to put your head above the parapet on a topic like this because so many people hold so much anger but that anger is based on fear and ignorance as i said i'm a sexual health educator and a social worker and i believe strongly in children being given open and honest sex education because i believe that knowledge is power i think it's important to note that a lot of the controversy around sex education in schools is being very much conflated with concerns around gender and lgbtq education and i actually think that that is such a big topic that we're going to leave that for another hot topic 
But for this, I don't want to focus too much on that. I want to focus more on the alleged content that the Daily Mail and other right-wing publications are telling us is happening in schools when actually it's, it's that's not happening at all. Or it's happening in some ways, but I'll explain at the end how I believe they've made a mountain out of what is really a molehill. Why would all teachers and schools be part of some kind of weird paedophile agenda trying to groom and indoctrinate and sexualise children? It just doesn't make any sense that every teacher in every school across the land has got together with some big paedophile ring and is trying to sexualise our children. I mean, just if you really think about it, really think about all the teachers you know, would they really be a part of this? Is it not way more likely that this is a culture wars agenda by Tory donors who own these right-wing publications who have got absolutely no way of making anyone vote Tory ever again based on the last 13 years. And so they have to be the only party that are swaying up anger about this left-wing agenda to ruin our kids. But think about it properly. Why would a paedophile want a victim who has advanced knowledge about sex, consent and their own bodily boundaries? Paedophiles would much prefer a child who is not clued up at all. They want a child who doesn't realise that touching their genitals is sexual and that you shouldn't do it with adults. Paedophiles do not want clued up streetwise children. That's extremely obvious, well known and well evidenced. I understand why parents are feeling a real moral panic about this, because if you just read about it in the Daily Mail, then it sounds insane. But actually, if you speak to teachers, if you look at the material that is on the curriculum, you will see that it has been very carefully thought through and that it is age appropriate. So when I spoke about this on my Instagram, actually, and it felt dangerous to speak about it on my Instagram, because I am sitting here saying children should be educated fully about sex. My belief has always been that if they ask the question, they need to know the answer. And of course, that is in a age appropriate way. Your seven year old might be in the playground and hear somebody with an older sibling or maybe a child who's being abused at home, mention a sex act, maybe a blowjob or something like that. They have no idea what that is. They come home to you as a parent and they say, mum, what's a blowjob? You can either deal with that by going, oh my God, that's disgusting. Don't ever say that again. Or no, you're too young to know what that is. And then you leave that child with never-ending curiosity about what a blowjob might be, leave them in a position where they might well go back and ask that child in the playground who they initially heard it from, what is a blowjob? And how do we know what happens next? How do we know that that child doesn't go, I can show you, you know, or that that child doesn't say, I've, I've seen a video of it. Do you want me to show you? Do you want, you know, that's the shit that happens because children are naturally curious. And I think a lot of these people have forgotten what it's like to be a child. You say to a seven-year-old, oh, that's not for you. I'm never going to tell you anything. That is not going to shut down their curiosity. It is going to make them want to know more. So you don't then say, well, a blowjob is you put a dick in your mouth and you suck it. And of course you don't do that. That would be way inappropriate. But what you can do is you can say, thank you for asking me that question. And I really appreciate you asking me that question rather than asking anyone else. And, you know, for the most part, a seven year old is not going to ask additional questions. When you when they say to you, what is a blowjob? And you say it's when a mummy and daddy kiss each other's bodies, uh, which is obviously not entirely 
entirely accurate, but it's giving them some idea about what oral sex is. Most children are going to be thoroughly disgusted about the idea of you and dad or you and whoever doing these things. Most children will go, okay, and walk off. That's certainly the experience that I've had with my son when he's asked me really quite wild questions throughout his childhood sometimes. And I've gone, oh, okay, how am I going to answer this properly? And, you know, I've then given a a lovely age-appropriate answer, but which is the truth, because the truth is really important. He's never, ever become traumatised by it. He's just gone, all right, then, and wandered off and started doing something else. And that is the thing, is that the truth should not be hidden from children. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. There's this idea that parents are always the ones that know what's best for their children and that we should all have the right to decide what they learn and that actually that all starts at home. But what we also know for a fact is that children are most likely to experience sexual abuse in their own homes. How can we rely on every parent to give the right information to their children when some of them are the abusers? It is incredibly important for children to be given information outside of the home in case what's happening inside the home is dangerous and worrying. One in 10 children under 16 will experience some kind of sexual trauma at some point in their lives. And I really saw that as a sexual health educator. Often we would have lessons and we'd talk about penetrative sex or a sex act. And then at the end, a teenager would come up to me and say, my dad, my uncle, my brother, a neighbour has been doing this to me for years and I had absolutely no idea that I was allowed to say no. And that would be the start of the process of getting them out of that scary situation. Had those children been denied the facts or been pulled out of those sex education classes, they would have never have had the knowledge that what they were going through was completely wrong. The thing is that you can think, right, I'll pull my kids out of these crazy wild sex education lessons, but that's not going to help because children and young people are exposed to sexual information everywhere, on the TV, on social media, on YouTube and from other children in their classrooms. They have porn in their pockets, quite literally, and they are learning from it. A couple of years ago, I think my son was in year six and he came home and said, somebody told me to Google P-O-R-N, look what I found. And this kid was telling everybody in the class to do it and they were going off and doing it and they were being exposed to these crazy images. 
The Children's Commission produced a 2023 report that looked into the harms of porn on children and young people. And it showed that 47% of 16 to 21 year olds believe that girls expect physical aggression during sex. And an NSPCC report showed that 40% of girls experience spitting, strangulation and physical aggression during their first time sex. So this is happening. The stuff that they are learning outside of the classrooms is influencing the way that they are having sex when they do eventually begin having it. And the people who are being affected are not just young women who are being physically harmed during sex because that's what boys think. But that's also harmful to boys. Not every boy gets turned on by strangling women or hitting them. But because they think that that is expected of them, they're going into first time partnered sex and they're doing things that they don't even enjoy because they believe that that's what's correct. How can we deny them the information? They're seeing one thing, they're seeing extreme porn. And then if they're not getting the balance... If they're not getting the real information in the classroom, then they are just left with what they're learning and it is seriously having major issues. And we are seeing that in the research and in the evidence. We have to protect them. And the best way to protect them is to arm them with knowledge so that they can protect themselves. It sounds shocking when a headline is framed as children are being told to masturbate, but they're not. And it's okay, and it's important to let them know what masturbation is. It's important for them to understand pleasure. If you have a child, if you have a child, I mean, I've got a child, I'm a mother, and I remember in the early days seeing not just my son, but any kids that were, like, hanging out at our house, nieces, nephews, whatever, they would just sit mindlessly in front of the TV and just rub their genitals, not because they're thinking about sex. They're not playing some, you know, porn scene in their heads. It's just a nice physical feeling in their bodies. So, of course, it sounds shocking when we say, oh, children masturbate. It's not masturbation in the same way that adults do it. But letting them know it's okay to touch yourself. It's okay to feel that that pleasure. It's not okay to do it in front of people. Don't do it sitting on the sofa. Have those conversations. But don't fill that child with shame about the fact that they have felt solo pleasure themselves. It is not harmful for children to know that. There is a big difference. You know, in the headline that says teaching 12-year-olds about anal sex. You know, again, that sounds really shocking. Of course we don't want our kids to go into a classroom where they're saying, hey guys, get out the lube, fuck up the bum. That's not what is happening. The truth is that if a 12-year-old says to you, what's anal? Or I've heard somebody talking about this, what's up the bum sex or whatever. If they're asking you the question, that is the rule with uh, sex education, then you tell them the answer in an age-appropriate way. But there is a big difference between saying, grab the lube and go out there, and saying, you know what? People do have sex in many different ways and actually anal sex can be really dangerous and really harmful and these are the ways in which anal sex can can hurt. And actually we used to have quite a lot when I was a social worker. We had a lot of referrals about young people who were actually engaging in anal sex before having first time penis and vagina sex because they were scared of pregnancy and they were scared of their hymens being broken. So actually younger uh, teens are having a lot more anal sex than we think and that doesn't mean we're advertising it to them in classrooms it means we're saying these are the facts and these are the dangers and you need to be armed with this knowledge tell them the truth and be honest the more they know the safer they are and all of the evidence shows us this and the facts are these 
You know, if you really care about children and you want them to have the best outcomes in their adult lives, then you have to understand that when children receive comprehensive sex education, and this information I'm about to give you comes from a charity called the Sex Education Forum, and they've done literary review of all of the research into sex education over the years. And what they have found is that when children receive comprehensive sex education, they are more likely to speak out. They are more likely to practice safe sex and have improved health outcomes. They're more likely to have consented first time sex and first sex is more likely to happen at a later age. A lot of people assume that if you tell children about sex and you give them lots of information that they're going to go, wow, I really want to do this. Actually, it has quite the opposite effect. Actually, it quells their curiosities, gives them the knowledge and makes them way more likely to wait longer. It makes them more likely to have an understanding of digital safety, keeps them safer online, makes them less likely to become a victim or perpetrator of sexual violence. Girls are less likely to have big age gap relationships in the future if they receive comprehensive sex education, and they are less likely to experience an unwanted pregnancy. Classrooms are not teaching children to be sexual freaks. They are simply giving them factual information. And the research shows that that is an incredibly good thing. And I have seen it for myself as a social worker. If you wanted to protect children from abuse, give them knowledge. So to conclude, the next time that you hear a Tory MP in Parliament tell you that we need to be scared of education and teachers, think about what the real agenda might be. Critically think and look at the evidence. Do not be swayed by right-wing culture wars. If they really wanted to protect our kids, they'd be putting money into child protection and schools. And they're quite clearly not. Do not be persuaded to fear the wrong things. All right, well, I'm sure you've had enough of me for today, but you don't have to wait too long to get more of me because on Wednesday, I'm going to be back doing my agony aunt thing answering questions that you guys have sent in this week it's very sex based so bit of sex education for you lot as well if you would like to send in a topic for me to discuss or a question that you'd like me to answer for the podcast please send it to at ask la 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 let me explain on instagram i don't get to see all of the topics but if i'm going to use it i will let you know so come back here on wednesday and see what i got to say then this has been a sony music entertainment production 